Now, obviously, we are only a few days away from Thanksgiving, and you are making many kinds of plans uh, to celebrate that day. And when I say Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or birthday or an anniversary, immediately mental images run across the screen of your mind because each of you have particular customs and practices that you use on those special days. There are ways that you acknowledge Thanksgiving. There are ways that you, you celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and, and Christmas morning, and you have been doing it that way for a long time. And while a few of you may not care if there's a variation, a lot of you don't want any change when it comes to the special, special days of the year. You know what has been meaningful, and you want it to continue. I suspect that this morning, as, as we leave here in another couple of hours, <laughs> one lady just passed out, ushers, get up here. <laughs> as we leave here in a few minutes, that you will be saying things like this to one another. If I don't see you before Thanksgiving, have a good Thanksgiving. If I don't see you, have a happy Thanksgiving. Or you may be willing to take a little more time before you dash off to have your Sunday dinner, and you may say to someone, where are you spending Thanksgiving this year? Those are important questions, and they are significant well wishes that we want to extend to, to one another. So take time uh, to do that. When we say to someone, have a happy Thanksgiving, I think that what we have behind those words is that we want to remember that Thanksgiving is about blessing and it's about good fortune and the pleasures we recall and our enjoyment of life. I think when we say to someone, have a good Thanksgiving, it suggests that it be pleasant and meaningful as we recall who we are and what we have enjoyed and what we are doing. And when we ask, where are you spending Thanksgiving? That's a question that asks about a place you may be as the day passes. Now the first Chronicles 29 passage that was read for you is a text that is 2,450 years old. 2,450 years ago, David spoke those words to the people of God. And as we look at that sacred passage today, we certainly must see it as a fountain of praise to God for who he is, what he does, and what people in partnership with him can do. This is a passage that, that flows with the language of thanksgiving. Listen again to verses 13 and 14. <clears throat> now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I 
and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this. For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. King David was celebrating the people's response to God as seen in their financial giving for the building of the Lord's house, the temple. Now, this is not a sermon about money, so relax and stay with me. He was praising his people for their financial support, for the offerings that they gave in order to build the temple. And out of this wonderful section of the Old Testament, the message in that day, 2,450 years ago, and today is the same. And here it is. We cannot congratulate ourselves as if we were self-made. Every offering made returns to God who gave it to us. Every offering made returns to God what God gave to us. When my children were in elementary school, early in December, we would get a paper sent home by the parent-teacher organization telling us that there would be a secret Santa's store at their schools. Many of you know what I'm talking about. It was a opportunity that the the parent-teacher organization planned and developed, and they created a a little store for the the kids to go to, and and ladies would be there to help the children do their Christmas shopping for their parents. Now, when these letters came home, our kids were very excited. They presented the letter. The next thing they presented was a request. You know what the request was? Right, Dad, Mom, can we have some money? <laughs> and, uh, of course, we knew what it was about, but, we, but from time to time I would say, well, what are you going to spend this money for that I'm giving you? Well, I can't tell you. It's a secret. Well, what kind of a secret is it? Oh, Dad... So we would give the children money to go to Santa's secret store to buy presents for us. Does that sound right? Well, it does. That's what we do as parents. Now, that's cute, isn't it? But what you and I need to understand is that is exactly what God does with us. (laughs) Gotcha. That is exactly what God does with us. It reminds me of the scripture in 1 Corinthians 4 where St. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, what do you have that you have not received? 
What do you have that you have not received? Throughout the scripture lesson this morning, the word all, A-L-L, was used frequently. And the use of that word all in David's praise is a strong emphasis that we depend on God for all things. That's what he said. That's what he wrote. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? How is it, Lord, that we're able to give this offering to to build your house, to care for the financial needs of your house? And then he answers his own question, for all things come from you and of your own, of your own, we have given you. My children were delighted on Christmas morning to see Pat and me open those gifts they bought at the school store. And it was thrilling for us to see how glad they were to give us those simple little gifts. How much more is our Father in heaven thrilled and glad when we recognize him as our provider, the one from whom our blessings come, and we bring to him our gifts, the gifts of ourselves given out of love because all that we have and are, he provides. Unfortunately, we have allowed the precious to become common in our world today. And therefore, even in the culture of the American church, we discover that we, we value experience more than the one who makes our experiences possible. For so many, church life is not about honoring and glorifying and magnifying God and serving him. It's about the songs that I like. It's about worship done in a style that suits me. When we are here, we are acknowledging the worth. Worship is to acknowledge the worth of God, the one from whom all things come. So while I have my preferences, my greatest desire when I come into the house of the Lord is not my will be done, my music be played, my head be stroked, but God be glorified, God be raised up, God be honored and praised. Think of the experiences you have had since last Thanksgiving. Think of the all things that God has provided you. I've listened to your wonderful stories about the places where you've traveled. I've listened to how you have acquired new things. I've seen many of you go off to places of higher education. I've heard stories of your rewards and your advancements in your professions. Dear friends, do not think for a moment you've done any of that by yourself. 
the mind that you have, the body within you walk, with the body within which you walk, the work that you are capable of doing, not one of us has created or made for ourselves. He has done it all. And the way we live is our thanksgiving. It's our praise to God for what he has provided us. God designed your body, your mind, your spirit. Oh, I know, you, you work and you have your struggles and you're dealing with issues and you're wrestling with problems and some of you have discovered joy and you can do all that you do and become all that you can be because God made you and keeps you. Thanksgiving Day, listen closely, Thanksgiving Day is the grand total of all the days before it when with due diligence we acknowledged and glorified God for everything. The scripture admonishes us, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him and allow him to raise you up. Thanksgiving is very existential. Thanksgiving is very existential. Through Sunday offerings and weekday witness in our work and our walk, we are happy and good. And I hope that everyone here this morning is spending Thanksgiving, that you are paying out Thanksgiving in whatever you do because God gives you your employment and your retirement. God gives you your schools and your sports. God gives you your houses and your lands. God gives you the entirety of your life. Thanksgiving Day is a national day of dependence being declared upon God. I told you that the scripture lesson this morning is 2,450 years old. I now want to share with you a contemporary reading of Thanksgiving. And this contemporary reading is still itself 153 years old. It was first heard October 3rd, 1863. And it was spoken by the President of the United States of America, Abraham Lincoln. Listen carefully to this beautiful explanation about what Thanksgiving is and a call to great Thanksgiving. It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God 
to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. We know that by his divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world. May we not justify fear that the awful calamity of civil war which now desolates the land may be a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own, intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged. And as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Let us pray. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home, may we ever draw near to you and acknowledge you as the source, the provider, the giver of all that we have and all that we hope to become Lord God, lead us as a congregation to ever give you praise, to realize that who we are is because you have made us this way. And the offering that you ask, the thanksgiving that you desire, is that we live our lives in praise to you. So let it be for your eternal glory and our good we pray in the name of Jesus, amen and amen.